The following program is brought to you by the Humble Farmer Bed and Breakfast in St. George, Maine. Thank you for listening. Do you, do you believe that no matter how bad the situation might be, someday, somewhere, someone will see some good in it? Please listen closely. Dear Humble, I am not old enough to remember the crash of 29, but it had two big benefits for me. For one thing, it shaped my parents' attitude toward frugality and the avoidance of unnecessary debt, and their attitude rubbed off on me. For them, home ownership occurred when the mortgage was paid off. They wanted to get married. They wanted to get married at the time of the crash, but it was five years before my dad could attain a salary sufficient to support a family, and I came along nine months later. So the second benefit is, the second benefit is this. If it had not been for the Great Depression, I'd be five years older than I am now. Hi there, this is Clark Terry here, reminding you to pull your bearskins a little closer to the fire. That's it. <laughs> now you're talking to hey. Ah, watch out for those snapping sparks. Everybody cozy? Now the good news is that you're in time for the humble farmer. You've worked hard all day, and you deserve to relax now. So stay right there and listen to the best of this kind of music.
Ghana here on the Humble Farmer. I've been making this program for 38 years, and you would think that after 38 years I would have learned that you do not say what you're going to play and then push a button, because very often when you say what you're going to play and push a button, something else comes out other than what you wanted to play, which was what happened to me last week. I remember I limped out of here with my tail in my hands. I said, and now I'm going to play something for you, I heard. When I was a little boy back in the 1940s, and I pushed a button, and my cussedness machine slipped around. You can't count on, on these machines. Wouldn't you think that a fellow would learn that you can't, you can't trust a, a machine? You push a button, you've got no idea what's going to come out. That out of the way, there are... All kinds of lifestyle gurus out there. These lifestyle gurus will tell you how to look better, how to feel better, how to make more money, how to get more done. I recently saw one article listed online that you can download. And this is an article that will teach you how to get up early. <laughs> you don't need to bother the download it, because I'm going to tell you how to get up early. Get some cows.
Harry Allen playing Squeak, Squawk, Scooby Dooby Dooby, and a Blip Blip Blip. Blues for somebody here on The Humble Farmer. Thank you for listening. You know, with any luck at all, you can hear me playing old-fashioned music just for you every week at this time, right here on your favorite station. Love to hear from you. I am thehumblefarmer at gmail.com. And here is a letter that says, Dear Humble, love the show. Keep up the great music. And Ellen, my wife, is a teacher. And she works with a real manor. He is retired, but now works part-time in the local high school in special ed. He told my wife today that his original microwave oven that he bought back in the 80s finally wouldn't heat a thing, so he and his wife broke down and bought a new one at Walmart. He couldn't believe how heavy that old microwave oven was compared to the new one. He had the hardest time hauling it up to the attic.
Mm-kabbidi-boom. Ghana here on the Humble Farmer. Thank you for listening. Young people today, young, you young people today don't know nothing about moderation. Back when I was a kid, we had neighbors who were moderate. One day, Alva Harris down Tents Harbor there was laying on his back underneath a car in his garage, working on this car there at the Tents Harbor garage, when Alva saw some boots walking around. So Alva, because he recognizes these boots, and he hollers out, Is that you, George? And George, who's walking around in the boots, says, Yes, yes, you awful busy today, Alva. And Alva says, What you need? And George says, My house is on fire.
Hamilton. Thank you for listening to Humble Farmer. If you are a nurse, if you are an RN, thank you, thank you for the good work that you do. We admire you. And here, if you listen closely, is another amazing testimonial to your prowess. One morning I got a letter from Rafik Raymond, a rich man in the UAE who wants to send me his remaining millions, that I may distribute it to charity. That's what it says. You see, he would give all this money away himself, but he has prostate and esophageal cancer and writes to me from his bed on his little laptop computer as he patiently waits for the end. Now, I have to call this letter to your attention because I got a similar letter from the very same Mr. Raymond five, six, eight years ago, saying that he was dying with prostate and esophageal cancer. He has done well, hasn't he, to hang on this long, and it is only because of a skillful nurse that by now he doesn't also complain of bed sores.
thought there was something funny about that song, didn't you? Thank you for listening to The Humble Farmer. With any luck at all, you can hear me playing old-fashioned music just for you every week at this time. If the equipment doesn't break down here, I'm, I'm right here. I'm thehumblefarmer at gmail.com because I'd love to hear from you. Old habits die hard. Even though I have inherited my wife's three grandchildren, you've heard me say many times that I could never afford to have children of my own. So you can understand this. I still have some pre-grandchildren baggage, and we're going to talk about that now. For some reason that I have never been able to understand, an awful lot of people, you might know some of them, an awful lot of people think that their ability to create another human being is something to brag about. Would not a single man sooner boast that he had somehow lived over 50 years without contributing to the greatest population on our planet today, which is increasing the population? As you know, I'm, I'm not arguing a point, but am simply outlining some common social parameters. So, 
your friends who have created another unique hum human being meet you on the street. You are supposed to acknowledge the presence of this new person, who might be anywhere from five days to five years old, and I can't do this. As far as I'm concerned, an entity unable to verbally articulate its sentiments does not exist, which might be why I haven't enjoyed watching television for years and years. Now, you, you might recall hearing me tell how a new mother was so distressed over my inability to see her new child that she threw the child in the air two or three times right in front of my face just to get my attention. For years afterward, I boasted that I saved that child's life by acknowledging its existence before she dropped it or hit me over the head with it. Anyway, you do not say anything about their child when you meet them in a store or on the street. Listen, that's when they bring the child into your home, and that's when they've got you. Because if you don't say some very nice things about their child the minute they come in the door, they unleash it.
Didn't you think it was going to go beep, 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 or something like that? They fool you from time to time. Ruby Braff, of course. If you have ever offered me a bowl of pea soup or a, or a dish of potato salad, you know that I politely refused as I explained that pea soup and potato salad are thrills I'm saving for my 90s. When you're 70 and 80 and 90, there are things that you should be able to do for the first time with the same reaction an 11-year-old experiences with his first cigarette. After all, when you've done everything, what is there left to live for? Now listen closely, because I'm about to confess to you, I'm going to tell you something I did one morning that I had never, ever done before in my many years on this planet. I did something that I was sure I would never do. I, I did something that I never thought I could do. I have sneered at others when I've seen them do it because I knew I was above such foolishness. I have even written snotty newspaper columns about it, you know, just, just so I could flaunt my superiority before my friends and neighbors. But when I found myself in their situation, I was powerless. I had no control over my actions. Without thinking, like a, like a mindless puppet yanked by a string, I reacted exactly as they did. Now, I hope you'll tell me that it's just part of being human and that I shouldn't let it bother me. Anyway, I might not be a better man than I was the other day, but it shook me to the innermost core of my being, and I'm certainly wiser. Now, are you ready for this? One morning, my best friend, the B-boy, stopped in for a visit. He was no sooner through the door when I took my wife's one-year-old grandchild by the hand, led her over and said to her, Come over here and show the boy what you can do.
Kabungana. One day, my brother-in-law, Mark, called to tell me that in a Mark Trail comic strip, Mark Trail is standing on an oyster bar ankle-deep in water, surrounded by hungry sharks. In this comic strip, Mark Trail is saying, oh, I'm in big trouble. I'm surrounded by sharks on this oyster bar, and the tide is going out. Now, my brother-in-law thought that this was funny and said that Mark Trail wasn't going to get in trouble as long as the tide was going out. But anyone who thinks about this knows that although only a very few men have been eaten by sharks, many men have been undone after eating a few oysters. a few more. Time flies when you're having fun. Thank you for listening. Are we born incompetent or is incompetence thrust upon us? After almost 30 years of being married to Marsha, the almost perfect woman, I now wonder how I ever survived my 20 years, between 34 and 54, as a bachelor. Now, I might now be compared to an appendage that has atrophied from lack of use because 
I, n I no longer know how to do anything. What do you suppose would happen to me if I ran through a load of wash and hung it on the line? There's no way on this green earth that I'd do it right. And if you're married to a type A woman, you know what happens when you try to help by making the bed. Yes, yes. She tears it apart and makes it right, you know, with the corners tucked in and the sheet folded down at the top. Even though Martha Stewart couldn't tell the difference when the bedspread is on. You finally give up because she says it's easier for her to do it the first time. You know, I'm going to do it right the first time. Then it is to tear your work apart and then do it over again. Now, mow the lawn, and she mows it again the same evening with the blade set down to the dirt. Dust flies, you know about it. Help her with the dishes. Only if you do want trouble in your marriage. Now, here's the point to all this. You might have heard some of our young so-called experts bleat in the mantra, Oh, you have to work at a marriage. Marriage takes a lot of work and effort. This is not true. I never worked at our marriage, and I never will. For nigh on to thirty years, I have simply stood back and got out of the way.
Ghana. Thank you for listening to The Humble Farmer. Played a lot of Ghana tonight, Errol Ghana. Would you please consider a revolutionary new way to elect a president of the United States? The candidate goes out on the campaign trail where he or she shakes 79,314 hands, hugs 4,502 people, and kisses 322 snotty-faced kids under the age of five. Any person who survives this without being hospitalized from some horrible disease would be considered strong enough to lead our country through anything. Thank you. 
on. I'm, have I got time to squeeze this one story in? Let me see. I, if I leave out the last two words, you can hear it next week. It's an oldie but goodie. A group of friars fell behind in their payments for a new belfry they directed, and they held a meeting, decided since they had a knowledge of gardens that they'd open a florist shop. There was another florist across town. He felt the competition. He went to friars, asked if they'd stop selling because of their advantage, you know, unfair, persuaded customers to purchase from servants of God. But the, but the friars said no. They needed the money, and they were going to ignore him. The florist then hired Hugh McTaggart, the toughest thug for miles around, to thrash the friar's operation, which he did. He told the friars that if they did not sell it, he would be coming back. Terrified, the friars decided to quit, thereby proving that Hugh, and only Hugh, can prevent florist friars. Thank you for listening.